All right, we're back with uh, with Whiskey Neat. James, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm quarantined drinking whiskey. I am on work release, not drinking whiskey. Ah, that was me yesterday. Because we're essential. Yeah, the gift and the curse, all at once. Oh, it's definitely nice to know, I mean, at least right now, that we're we're still getting paid uh, yep. and, and whatnot, but... And that we don't have to rely on trying to get through because I've I've heard stories. Uh, buddy of mine, his wife works for the unemployment office for Cook County, and they'll get caught up and then, but on their off hours between the time they close and then the time they open the next morning, we'll have four thousand new claims to go through that day. Yeah, that is that is definitely part of it. That's the gift. You know, still employed, still so if anything busier yeah i will say it's uh a little sucky though because if you think about it every time you go to work when you come home your 14 days starts over because you don't know oh yeah exactly and it's not only your 14 days but everybody in your house 14 days that's uh so that's throughout this, I'd say that's the hardest part. I mean, any first responders or anything like that, or anybody who has to go to work in general. Right. I'd say particularly first responders because we're going to known sick people's homes and things like that. Well, and then uh, you're trans. Well, you, you're not on the box anymore. Well, you guys don't have a box that you'd be on. But like us. If we're on it, we're transporting those people to the hospital, and all the hospitals that we transport to have, have had a COVID-19 patient. Yeah. And it, I know we've transported them. So the chances are I, you're, you're, you're already exposed, or you're going to be very shortly if you haven't been already. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And so that's the hard part. But it's like kind of a... I kind of see it two sides. One is, you know, you take all the precautions that you can. Another part, too, is, I mean, what are you going to do? This is this is why we're here. So It is our chosen profession. Yep. We are here literally for these kinds of moments. So. Yep. Before we get too much into that, what you got drinking today? Uh, a little bit of Evan Williams. Evan Williams on the rocks. Nice and simple. Very good. I'll trade you. you water. Coca Cola. Water. Water. Yeah, yeah. I just had my emergency as a precaution. Try to keep the the vitamins up. Uh, I guess they're. I read a thing. New York. They're starting to uh, treat with high doses or elevated doses of of vitamin C. They're treating. Or helping treat. So um, I had actually started this just before all of that came out, right when it started. So I'm like, every time I get sick, I'll go and grab a box of emergency and have one first thing in the morning and have one right before I go to bed. Right. So I've I've been on that, and hopefully that'll help me in the in the event that I get exposed um, to the point where I would contract. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean that's definitely the way to do it. I mean, the the only thing that they really say is 
you know, try to be as cautious as you can, try to be as healthy as you can. So, well, that my scientific research with whiskey and bourbon, um, is that COVID-19 cannot live in an alcoholic state. So I'm good. Well, that's like sanitizing, right? Right. From the inside out. Works for me. That was my logic when I said, I'm going to go downstairs and pour myself a cocktail. It was for safety's sake. Yeah. So, works for me. I'm going to keep rolling with it. So. Let's uh, talk about a win. A win for the good guys. Oh, yes. Um, Unfortunately, it it had to take this shitty situation and the the shelter in place to uh, borderline lockdown. And we joke and call it quarantine. We're not quite quarantined yet. I mean, me and you, I think, are a little bit more than than most other people, given the the nature of our high level of potential exposure. Um, Right. But it it took something this drastic for uh, the powers that be to make a decision that we are able to fight as a gun community. Yeah, it pretty much did. And um, so what did you find on it? Well, explain here's, it. Here's what we got. I'm gonna read the direct, the direct statement. Breaking: Gun owners of America and gun owners of California thank the Trump administration for designating the firearms industry as essential. It was the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency revised the guidance of critical infrastructure to include the firearms industry as part of the essential critical infrastructure. Um, I'm not sure if it was a lawsuit or if it was just a letter. This just stated it that it was a letter um, urging the inclusion of the firearms industry as is essential. So um, what that means is no states or municipalities can tell gun stores that they have to close as a part of this social distancing, shutdown, uh, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. So the gun stores stay open. You're still able to go and get what you need to be able to defend yourself. So So on that, um, there is, I'm looking at the Firearms Policy Coalition, And as of yesterday, March 27th, 2020, uh, they've got a a link up and it says Los Angeles today attorneys for plaintiffs, including individuals, a Los Angeles firearms and ammunition retailer, Second Second Amendment Foundation, which is the SAF, National Rifle Association of America, NRA, California Gun Rights Foundation, which is the CGF. And Firearms Policy Coalition, FPC, filed a federal lawsuit challenging state and local policies and enforcement practices that violate Second and Fourteenth Amendment rights. A copy of the lawsuit can be found at firearmpolicies.org backslash brandy, like the drink. Um, So when California went to their shelter in place and you had to close your doors unless you're an essential business, they laid it out. And from there's a that were staying open, basically a, a cease and desist, saying that 
clothes were going to start finding you. And California actually, they were talking about, I don't know if they actually threatened it, but I know that it was talked about shutting down water and power to the buildings that were considered non-essential that were still open. Um, California, before all of this, had a lot of legislation and laws that were passed in order to restrict magazine size, the types of guns that you can have. Um, I want to think they had ammo limits that you could purchase, um, stuff like that. You know, you had to, and, and stuff wasn't even getting grandfathered in anymore. You had to retrofit ARs to have, uh, the bullet button and stuff like that. Otherwise you were considered a felon if you right. didn't and you were found with it. Um, so all of that already was unconstitutional. This, and, and those things are all being challenged and fought as, as much as they can. That's just going to be a really slow process. When this came out and they shut everything down, that is a huge, huge, not that the other ones aren't big restrictions to begin with, but this is a, a colossal restriction of your second amendment rights to go. You can't even buy one. Not you have to jump through all these hoops, but you can't even go because they're closed. Right. And you can sit there and search the videos. There's people, uh, what was it? Omaha Outdoors posted, uh, had an article where and they, they said in their article, it was, and I don't know where Omaha Outdoors is, but they had a lot of people from California calling, asking them to buy a gun for the first time, and they wanted it shipped to their house. Well, I, I don't know where Omaha Outdoors is, but I do know that it was not in California because the people are like, are you serious? You want me to ship you a gun to your home across state lines? Yeah. And people are finally figuring out that you cannot just buy a gun on the internet and have it shipped to you. Right. That's Instead of just taking it at face value that that some legislator or, you know, some anti anti gun policy person has come out and said, Well, you can just buy it on the internet. Yes, you can buy it on the internet, but it still has to go to an FFL and you still have to get the background check. So people are actually starting to realize that and hopefully they'll understand that they're just being lied to because people are playing on your ignorance and i use ignorance in the true sense of ignorance that you just didn't know yep. but now exactly. you do let's learn and move forward and we can tackle this together yeah we can actually have real conversations now that's the best thing that i see coming out of this is that now we're not having the conversations that make you want to pull your hair out anymore because people were basing everything that they know on just plain lies. Now we're actually having real conversations of this is how, you know, a gun has to be bought and things like that. And you can try to make all these laws, but if you try to make all these extra laws that are meant to, like your idea is you're trying to prevent illegal guns, well, those people are already breaking the laws. So now you're not stopping them from doing anything. You're literally just keeping the guns out of the law-abiding citizens' hands. Right. So, because the one who's, who wasn't following the laws before, he doesn't all of a sudden say, oh, now this is illegal on two fronts. He just says, I don't care. I'm still going to keep doing it. Well, and what's, what's crazy to me, like in Illinois now, there were almost 19,000 background check requests sent to ISP which is the Illinois State Police, 
sent to ISP within five days for firearms. Nineteen, almost nineteen thousand. I think the number was eighteen thousand nine hundred and eighty. Um, was the the last number I had seen in that five day period, and you're now we've got the mandatory seventy two hours. It's taking some people seven eight days, sometimes even longer to get it, um, because they're so backlogged. And I think that's going to hurt because they're going to go look at how bad the infrastructure is, and it's just going to we need to make sure that we're diligent here, at pointing out the fact that they. Uh, Honestly, they stole money from the Foyd fund to the tune of $29.6 million out of this fund that was supposed to go to the, the infrastructure somehow found its way into the general fund for the state. Yeah. And then they went, oh, we don't have the money. So we need to make sure that we're diligent because I'm pretty sure that that will be used as an argument as to why they need to raise rates and charge you. And that was the whole thing before was they wanted to double the price of the Foyd and lower the length of it by half. Right, which was essentially quadrupling the length. it. Which right. Which was essentially quadrupling the price. Um, so we need to make sure that that although these things are good wins for us, the the war is not over. Battles are being won, but the war is not over. Um, and and to make sure that that we're still doing our due diligence here because that will be a factor when it comes time to do this is that they're going to go look at how backlogged we were in order for us to be able to do that in a timely fashion for you. We need to raise prices and we need to make sure that we tell them, no, you need to put the $29.6 million back into that fund that you took from it and fix the infrastructure that we've all been telling you has been broken for years. Yep, exactly. And you know, Illinois in particular, loves to use that oh well, we don't have the money but everything that they try to do they always try to have the money put into the general fund instead of having it specifically ear tagged because if it's in the general fund and not ear tagged they can spend it on whatever they want to spend it on exactly i mean to a point i'm sure there's restrictions and stuff but it's it's a lot more relaxed than if something's earmarked for something specific being able to take it and use it for somewhere else and they weren't even going to, to fess up that this fund had been taken, even if it needed to be taken from for some emergency. Like if you went, hey, this has a surplus of money and we need it for infrastructure to be able to pump out N95 masks and gloves and gowns and personal protective equipment during this COVID thing, I wouldn't like it, but I can wrap my head around it. Yeah. But this happened before all of it and it went to the general fund. And yeah. it just rubs me wrong that you're going to do that and then tell me, oh, we don't have the money. We need to charge you more. Right. You're just trying to, to make it to where it's not economically feasible for somebody to buy or maintain their their ownership of a firearm. And it's not sure. fair. And it's, it's easy to justify it because you've already played on the ignorance of all these people who mm-hmm. believe that, oh, well, it should be more because it should be harder to get. get get guns you know you have so many people scared of guns that they'll willingly support it because they're like well yeah i don't want as many guns on the street and nobody really steps back and looks at the logic of them saying okay we're going to make it harder to legally own guns in order to stop illegal guns 
it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't make it harder, or that doesn't stop illegal guns. That just makes it harder to have legal guns. But because it says the word gun, you have all the anti-gunners, the people who are just afraid of them, who will say, yes, that's a good idea. That's going to make me safer. Or, unfortunately, you have a, uh, a group of people that go, well, it doesn't affect me because I don't own guns. Sure, go ahead. Right. And you've got you've to realize that a lot of – you've got to look at the bigger picture. And I've said this, you know, if – and I think it was Hank Jr. said it in a song. If you can guarantee that all the guns will be turned in, I'll gladly give you mine. Yeah, but, but no you can't. No, you can't. It's a pipe dream. Yeah. Uh, and going back to the assault weapons band of was it ninety four? Um, that sounds right. There's been no when when that was in effect, there was no discernible difference up or down in the the rate of quote unquote gun violence. Which I don't really like gun violence because you don't call it knife violence or car violence. But well, if they didn't call it that, they wouldn't be able to turn it. No, nah, it's all about it's words. all about buzzwords and and how you can spin. Yep. So, and th- there's not much legislation that they can do that is actually going like there's not much legislation where. What am I trying to say? There's not much legislation regarding firearms that they can do that's actually going to reduce any level of violence with a firearm because, again, you're making laws. Like, you already have people committing murder. You're going to make it illegal to own certain guns and things like that. It's like you're making the assumption that they had legal guns but were just doing unjustified shootings the guns weren't legal to begin with right well and you want to do something to curb it i mean look at cook county you've got violent gun crime offenders that are getting out on i-bond and walking out and then repeating and not to say the whole justice system and all of that has its own special set of issues. But why don't we go after the people that are actually committing the crime? You did it. You repeated it. You're going to go away longer. You're going to be away from it longer. Yeah. You know, and is that the answer? I don't know. But it's certainly a better one to punish the people that are committing the crimes than it is to punish the people that are not committing the crime. Well, the way I see it is just because people start committing DUIs, we don't all of a sudden put the breathalyzers in everybody's car. So, you know, why make it more difficult for every everybody to be able to own a firearm when it's only, you know, individual people who are doing this? It's not every person who owns a firearm who's going out and shooting people just unnecessarily or, you know, doing criminal acts like that. It's those few. So you need to punish those people and stop trying to 
essentially make it harder for everybody else to be able to own a firearm just to protect themselves. Right. Well, and it's it's really funny that all these people that are that are pushing the the gun control and advocating for reducing the amount of guns on the street and trying to make it harder and all of that have no problem going to work sitting behind armed guards that the general public isn't afforded that protection. Exactly. You know, that's the the crux of the entire argument. I wish I, I wish I could find, I don't even know where I would look to try to find the answer, but for the, I'd like to know the number of, um, shooting deaths that have happened since COVID-19 has been in effect. And you've had all these shelter in places and all of these businesses and stuff are closed because now your soft targets that are gun-free zones are closed. I have heard that it was at an all-time low, but I don't know what that was referring to. If that was just referring to, like, Chicago? Or I don't know. In the state of Illinois, gun purchases are up. Right. Shootings exactly. are down. So where's where's the logical argument that more guns create more issues? Exactly. So it's really a losing argument now when you see things like this. So I, I'm, I'm actually very pleased with how it's going right now. In the meantime, drink more whiskey so you don't get COVID. Oh, yeah. I'm not a doctor, so don't take that advice. Well, neither am I. Or maybe but... you should take that advice. Bro, some bro science is always right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>